Hello and welcome to Movie Muse Podcast episode 19. In this episode, we dig into the vast and expansive world of a legendary icon of both movies and more famously video games. We're going to uncover some facts, we jump from ledge to ledge via the odd rope swing and vine to bring you our incisive views and thoughts on the idol that is Lara Croft and the world that is Tomb Raider. Joining me in the secret temple of Movius, the ancient god of the moving image, is the dispensable local guide, Matt Corn. Hello there. Also joining us on our expedition is the shuffling butler that you want to lock in a cupboard, Gordon Sinclair. Good evening. Playing the roughy tufty all-round action-adventure type of chap is my good self, Simon Danger Burton. So after spending literally minutes trying to work out how to open the doors to the temple, we just rang a doorbell in the end. We shall now make our way into the world of the Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, also known as Lara Croft Tomb Raider since 2001, is a media franchise that originated with action-adventure video game series created by British gaming company Core Design. Formerly owned by Eidos Interactive and then by Square Enix, the franchise focuses on a fictional English archaeologist, Lara Croft, who travels around the world searching for lost artefacts and infiltrating dangerous tombs and ruins. The gameplay generally focuses around exploration of environments, solving puzzles, navigating hostile environments filled with traps, and fighting numerous enemies. The Tomb Raider games have sold over 58 million copies worldwide, becoming one of the best-selling video game franchises of all time. The series has generally met with critical acclaim, with the series being noted as one of the pioneers of action-adventure genre. Lara Croft herself has become one of the most recognisable video game protagonists, winning numerous accolades and earning places on the Walk of Game and the Guinness World Records. She has also been the subject of controversy due to her sex appeal being used for marketing. The popularity and recognisability of Lara Croft led to the creation of two feature films which tried to keep the look and feel of the games while trying to appeal to a more widespread market. And after a long break, Lara is back on the big screen in a new Tomb Raider movie set to release in the first quarter of 2018. So with video games still being produced and a new film in the offing, the media icon that is Lara Croft is very much in the limelight after two decades. And as such, we will delve into the media world of all things Croft and we hope to have a Lara laughs along the way. Now we're going to talk about the video game series, which is obviously where Lara Croft was first thrust into the limelight. She was created as the main protagonist in the series of video games, starting with 1996 Tomb Raider. But then there was follow-up games on the Sony PS1, Tomb Raider 2 and 3, then followed with the next two in the series, which were Tomb Raider Revelation and Tomb Raider Chronicles. That was bringing them to the main original series. So we're going to talk about the original Tomb Raider, developed by Core Design and published by Eidos Interactive. Originally for the Sega Saturn, which had an exclusive early release, and then followed by Sony's fledging PlayStation 1 and MS-DOS for PC. Tomb Raider was also released, amazingly, into the mobile gaming market for the very ill-fated Nokia N-Gage devices in 2003. Tomb Raider follows exploits of Lara Croft, the English archaeologist in search of ancient treasures. But it wasn't always going to be Lara Croft, it might well have been Liam Croft, because the plan was originally for the lead to be an Indiana Jones-style male lead. But during the development, the developers decided to change it to a female lead, and the rest, they say, is history. The game received critical acclaim, and some critics telling it's one of the greatest video games ever made. The game was also commercially successful, selling around 7.5 million copies worldwide. The game has since been declared widely influential, serving as a template for many of the 3D action-adventure games that would follow. What do we think about the original Tomb Raider? Matt, what's your initial thoughts about it? You've played it recently again. I originally bought the game in the late 90s for the PC, and it was probably my first ever 3D third-person game. Obviously, 3D games generally were a fairly new thing at that point in time. 
I really do remember struggling to get to grips with the platforming elements of the game because I've been used to playing 2D platformers. And the 3D games I've played up to that point were probably things like Wolfenstein 3D and Doom and maybe 3D flight sim type games like the TIE Fighter and X-Wing games. So to run around in a 3D environment with a camera being behind the main character was quite tricky for me. And I think I just had other games to play at the time that I enjoyed more. And I pretty much gave up with it almost straight away. I don't think I even got past the first level it just didn't click with me at all and then i've never played any of the original playstation one era games again until i picked up the ps1 version to have a playthrough on this podcast and i intended to play through the whole game the problem is in the last 20 or so years 3d action adventure games have come along quite a long way and it's very dated by modern standards the controls are incredibly awkward the tank controls for the main character i.e where left rotates your left right rotates your right forward makes you move forwards they're really hard to use there's no analog sticks to be used the camera's pretty terrible you can move the camera around by holding down one of the shoulder buttons and then moving the d-pad i think but it's still not particularly useful there's also not enough checkpoints and save points in the game you find probably only two or three per level and once you've saved you can't go back and revisit the same save point when you've made further progress so if you die you get thrown back to that save point It's also very difficult, or at least I found it difficult. There's lots of pixel-perfect jumping required where if you don't get right to the edge of a platform, you won't make it over to the other side of that platform. And certainly, even on the first level, I kept dropping into pits and being attacked by bears. There's also places where you'll just die because you don't know what's going to happen, which is a bit frustrating because you've never seen that scenario before. And that's more like the 16-bit platformer era where it was sort of trial and error and mistakes are punished mercilessly. The problem is when you get into a large-scale game, massive environments to walk around in that's a little bit hard to take like most games from that era the 3d graphics haven't aged particularly well either the first generation of 3d games don't look particularly good now and the textures are terrible so with all that in mind i didn't really click with it as much as i was hoping and i actually gave up on level five after playing for about 15 minutes without finding any save points and then falling into a pit of spikes i basically just threw my controller up in the air and said that's enough for me i just don't want to see or play any more of it It was certainly impressive in its time. There's no doubt there. Well, I'm surprised that I got further in Tomb Raider than you, so I take that as a victory for me. I didn't play Tomb Raider when it first came out. I had a PlayStation from whatever year it did come out, but Tomb Raider itself never really appealed to me. And the very first time I played the original Tomb Raider game was on the N-Gage that Simon mentioned earlier, the ill-fated Nokia games phone. And it was impressive just to see the graphics and all of that and how Lara ran, but I didn't actually bother playing the game because it was just seeing what this N-Gage console was like and was it any good. So actually, for this podcast, is the first time I've really played Tomb Raider. I did have a quick go at some gaming event. It was already on level three or four. I had no idea what I was doing and I just thought, this is horrible. But sitting down and playing it deliberately, albeit through an emulator, so I didn't have the constraints that Matt had trying to use real save points, I actually found it loads and loads of fun. And it surprised me because I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. I thought it would be the kind of game I'd hate. One thing that Matt said about the graphics not standing up particularly well and the textures being terrible, I kind of disagree with that. I think graphically it looks very nice. The textures are a bit repetitive and everything's very jaggedy. But I quite like the look of the game. 
I found it far too difficult and used a walkthrough many, many times through the six levels that I played. But that's the joy of modern gaming, going back and playing through emulators. You can do that and you can get to see further into games that you wouldn't have done back in the day playing on original hardware. And that's the key thing for me. If I'd have bought it when I first got my PlayStation, I probably would have got through the first two levels, snapped the disc and never gone back to it. So coming to it 20 years after it was released was perfect for me. I thought the character was fantastic. I thought using the manner at the start as your kind of tutorial level was good. My biggest problem was about the use of music. There was hardly any music in there. And one thing I haven't done is gone back and played the anniversary version, which I believe has got a nice score. And I can imagine that that is a lot more fun to play because they've solved some of the things that probably were limitations of the machine or of developers learning the machine. So I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I only got to level six and what are the 15 levels in the game? I'm not sure I'll actually ever get round to going back and completing it, but the six levels that I played were fantastic. Just one point regarding the graphics. It probably doesn't help that I was playing the original PS1 disc in a PS3, which messes around with the aspect ratio a little bit on a widescreen TV. And I don't think it aliases the textures very well either. I guess you were probably playing it on a Mac, possibly in a window. Absolutely, yeah. I was playing it in a window on a Mac, yeah. So it did look nicer than it would have done on a TV. Yeah, we will get on to the games later, but I played a little bit of Tomb Raider 2 on a PC in a window, and that looked a hell of a lot better than the first one so i think it is probably just i was playing it on an lcd playing the ps1 disc through a ps3 so that probably didn't do the graphics much justice to be honest thanks guys i look back at tomb raider it probably rose to the spectacles but i didn't find that when i replayed it i got my ps1 for my birthday november 96 and then i got tomb raider for christmas and i've got the fighting game battle of toshigan and destruction derby and they're all right for a quick blast nothing too amazing and then suddenly got this game with this female protagonist and then just the open bit getting into the tomb and then just running through the first level where you're watching your footprints on the snow and going around the corner and then getting attacked by a few bats and stuff. And it was just even from that very early stage of the game that I thought, oh my God, this is just absolutely incredible. This is what games are about. You cannot get any better than this. I just found it amazing. And when we say about the atmosphere generated, I like the fact there's not much music and it only comes in every now and again because you know when you pull a lever and the music starts, something good's going to happen here or important to the game. So that gives you a bit of a clue. But I love it when you're just walking around and you hear that cymbal sound in the background every now and again. That just adds a real spookiness to it. I know what you mean about pixel-perfect jumps and stuff, Matt. I mean, there's that one jump she does where she runs and it's almost as if her front leg is already past the edge of the thing when she does that leap and then she somehow manages and then clings on and pulls herself up. Is that the one on level three where you have to jump over to the other side of where all the dinosaurs yeah. are? Because that took me like 20 attempts yeah. because you'd have to virtually be off the edge of yeah, it. It's the you last thing, yeah. It's driving me crazy. Yeah, it has got those difficulty factor and not using the analog stick makes it harder. You get used to it, but at the time, obviously, I didn't know any different. But now looking back, you think, oh my God, I think I could have made so much difference. But yeah, I love the original Tomb Raider. It's the only one of the series I've completed, to be honest. It's the one I always look back fondly on because I actually managed to finish it. I've restarted it at the beginning of the year, thinking of going back through the whole series and I'm stuck on level five again. And I'm trying not to use the walkthrough, but I have actually had a quick look at it. There's a couple of bits where I couldn't remember what to do. So I don't know how anybody can do level five without a walkthrough. Well, I did originally. 
I mean, maybe I gave up too quickly, but it's just madness. It's quite hard when you start at the top and go down all the different things. Yeah, the dogs, and not knowing which, which level and... you should be on, you know, whether you should drop down a level and doing something on this lever, which of the doors does it open? And it's quite mind-blowing thinking that people had no help with this and just worked it out. I think all of the others, I probably yeah. could have got it, and I probably cheated on a few of them, where I could have just spent a bit of time and thought it through. But level five, I don't think I could have done that without a walkthrough at all. Yeah, I found the same. I didn't get very far through before I fell into that pit full of spikes and that did it for me but the amount of trial and error you would have had to do I'd have just got bored and stopped playing it especially with the lack of save points I'm stuck on the bit where you go into that room where you've got that bloody lightning thing in the ceiling when it starts zapping you the minute you walk in and there's a way of running where you can crouch behind a rock and you can run and jump and get out of the way of it and I got to a point where I just couldn't remember how to do it yeah that's the thought door I got through that so quickly I think it was just complete fluke where I ran God knows how but I can imagine that if you don't just luckily get it right it can be quite frustrating that well that's our thoughts on the original tomb raider so what i'm going to say chaps is what was your favorite set piece as you came through the level the music starts up and certain things happen matt nothing really stood out i suppose you'd have to say the t-rex on level three obviously it's a well-known scene i already knew it was coming up although i was surprised it came up so early because people always talk about that being shocking and i always assumed it would occur later in the game but i was already expecting it because obviously the little raptors appear first and then you're walking through this valley that's all dark and then the music starts and up it comes and to be honest it just looked a bit silly by today's standards and i just found it a bit comical but since i only played the first four and a bit levels that's about the only thing that stood out really yeah I must admit when I first saw that in 97 it was unexpected and at that time it just made the hair stand up and feel the ground shaking and hear the thump of this thing you don't know what it is and then you come around the corner and suddenly out of the darkness comes this bloody giant T-Rex and I was like oh my god and just trying to get away from it and it was just oh, it did make me shiver Gordon have you got any particular points well to be fair it's exactly the same and like Matt it's more for the comedy value I just love all of the animals in it I mean it feels really wrong to be shooting these millions of years year old dinosaurs gorillas and lions and monkeys and maybe not the bats because bats are annoying but all of the other big beautiful animals and you just run in and blast away at them but the t-rex was the best because it's not scary at all and i always compare that to the dog attack in resident evil because everybody talks about those two as if they're the two really pivotal moments in gaming and they're so not the same i'm not even a fan of resident evil but that where the dogs attack is proper terrifying but the t-rex in Tomb Raider is just a green Barney chasing you. It's quite funny. <laughs> it only took exactly. It's not hard, it is it? Well, the first time it ate me, and all you had to do was run around in a circle and jump, and then shoot at it when you got away from it. Yeah, I suppose it has aged pretty badly. Well, for me, it's just to be slightly different, there's one little set piece that you can't get out of, which is in St. Francis Folly, which is the beginning of level five. Is the one where you go into the level, then you slide, and you can't stop the slide, and you go over the yeah. edge and go into the waterfall. I quite like that little bit, because it didn't give you any options. You were looking around, not expecting that you were going to start by sliding down a slope, and then ended up having to dive into the water from quite a height. So I quite like the graphics of the waterfall, and it's quite nice for its time. Yeah, that was definitely one of the more memorable bits for me, because that's become a staple of this kind of game now hasn't it the continuous slide down i mean you get it a lot in 
Uncharted and games of that nature and the later Lara Croft games so yeah that was really memorable as well I quite enjoyed that bit Okay well just expanding on this slightly so of the levels you played what was your actual favourite level of the game Matt was there any level that you quite enjoyed getting through? Yeah, I quite enjoyed level four. I don't think I had to look up any of it to try and work out how to solve it. Maybe one little bit that I couldn't work out. But I like the fact it had got this sort of central room and off there was a number of doors and you had to do various puzzles to then get back to where you started and open another door that eventually got you to whatever artifact you were looking for, I think. There wasn't too many places where you die unexpectedly and it had enough save points to avoid frustration if you did die. So of the first four levels, the fourth one, which is the end of the first act, I suppose, was probably probably the best yeah that's not a bad level i quite like that myself the tomb of quellapec it's called any particular the levels you played that you liked that one that Matt mentioned was great I also even though I found it infuriatingly difficult I thought level 5 I'm just amazed that people could just do it that people have got that kind of problem solving brains to do it without having to ask somebody for help but I love the game design because it bewilders me so I like that one but probably my favourite was the Colosseum which is level 6 just because it looks great and you know you've got these pits with spikes in and you've got lions running around they've tried to make it as Colosseum see them like as they can with an early ps1 game and i'm not sure it completely works but i love the theming of it i think they've done a really good job of that one yeah i know what you mean it does give you sort of a feel of a coliseum it does not generate that atmosphere but i like all the levels that we've talked about so far as you say some fastest follow just the insane cleverness and the difficulty of it but for me i really enjoyed the palace midas which is level seven but one from my original playthrough before i actually like the level of the system and it's got nice arches and it's got quite a nice look to the central room as you've got water in certain places but you can see that the water should be higher but you've got to work out how to get the water to flood it you've got to pull chains and pulleys and put things together get to different levers and pull different things I and mean, it eventually floods the level that's why it's called the system to finish the level you have to flood it and then get through there's quite a long swim involved in one point as well and if you make one wrong turn you can run out of breath which is quite easy to do so it's actually quite interesting on level eight so that's the one i say is my standout level Right, then we're going to give our review score for Tomb Raider. And what we're going to do is give it a then and now score. So we're going to say what we would have given it at the time and what we think of it today and then take the average. So, Gordon, what are your scores? Okay, well, I didn't play it back when it was first released, so I can't really give a what I would have given it back then. But what I can do is give a score based on how impressive I think it is for that age of technology. So I'm going to give it a rating of four for back then. Now, I'm probably scoring them the wrong way around because I find it more fun now now that i can play it on an emulator and basically cheat but i think now based on how games have changed and this completely stupid not letting you save until you've got halfway through the game and then on some of them you get a save crystal just as you're finishing the level which just is madness so i'm still going to give it a rating of three because i was very impressed and very surprised with tomb raider so that gives me an average score of 3.5 thanks very much g matt what are your scores As I mentioned, I did play it back in the day and I wasn't massively impressed with it back then. It just wasn't my thing. So while it was certainly impressive in its time with great locations and the agility of the character was really good, I did get bored with it back then. So I probably would have given it about 3.5 back in the day. By today's standards, it's just really frustrating. doesn't look very good and it's totally outdated by today's standards. So I'd give it 2.5 and I'd average out at 3 out of 5. Thanks, Matt. For me, it's still probably the Scalger Strings. It's one of my early games on the PS1, and I loved it at the time, and I actually managed to complete it as well. So that'll always be a thing for me. At the time, I would have given it 4.5 out of 5. 
But playing it back today, do you know what? I still enjoy it. I still think it's good for what it was. I don't try to compare it to today's games. I look at it as the granddaddy of it all. What sort of led to these action adventure games like Uncharted and things like that. And I still think it stands up well in its own right. And I still enjoy playing it. But I will, for today, I'd have to drop it down to about 3.5. So that would give me an overall average of 4. So that gives an overall rating for the original Tomb Raider on the PlayStation 1, also available on Sega Saturn and PC, of 3.5. Okay, obviously following on from the original Tomb Raider, as a successful start for the franchise, Core Design decided to let it go into Tomb Raider 2. They added in a few extra features. You can use new weapons and extra moves and a set of vehicles, which is also a good thing, because there's a motorboat in Venice and a snowmobile in Tibet. You travel long distances across the map, so it speeds things up. And the crystal saving feature on the PlayStation version was eliminated, so now you can save any time you like, just like the PC version. So I don't know if you guys really played much of Tomb Raider 2, but if you have, what kind of thoughts have you got on it, Matt? I bought a copy of it from a retro gaming show on the PC for 10 pence. I installed it on my PC. I'm amazed it worked, first and foremost. It wouldn't run full screen, but it would run in a window on my Windows 7 PC, and it was originally released for Windows 95, so that was impressive. All I did was play the training level, and then never got around to playing any more of it. It does look better, and I do think the addition of vehicles and better saving options sounds like a good thing. No, thanks, Matt. That's fine. Gordon, have you tried Tomb Raider 2? Yeah, I had a go of it. The removal of the crystals seems like absolute sense. I thought the graphics were obviously improved quite significantly. The controls seemed a little bit tighter and not as annoying because a lot of the time in the first game, I felt like I was pressing my button to jump and she was jumping half a second later. And I felt like it was much better in this one. But I did get to a point quite early on where I got stuck and I just couldn't be bothered looking at a walkthrough and decided not to bother. I went back to try and do another level on the first one. So that's not possibly a good sign. Maybe it was the puzzles, maybe it was the story. I'm not sure, but there was something that just didn't gel with me. That's an interesting one. Tomb Raider 2 was obviously marked in as going to be bigger and better. I agree with you. I actually still feel more nostalgically fond of the first one. But I did like the fact that there was different levels. It wasn't all about being in tombs or in temples and caves. There was obviously the Venice level and other levels like that. So it gave you a little bit of difference, brought things into the modern world. It also had a bigger version of Croft Manor, the tutorial from the first game. So that was still good for your training at the start. So I've got about three quarters of the way through when I first played it when I got the game in 97. But I've never quite finished it. So that may say something. I don't know. Maybe bigger isn't necessarily better. So, obviously, when Core Design knew they had a hit on their hands, the game series was going to continue, and eventually in 98, they released Tomb Raider 3. There were five different locations now, India, South Pacific, London, Nevada, and Antarctica. The game used an upgraded version of the Tomb Raider engine used by its predecessors, and it was faster and new graphical features such as colour lighting and triangular polygons. But the big thing for this game was it was the first on the PlayStation to make use of the analogue controls, so that added an extra dimension to the gameplay. It may not have suited everybody who was used to the pad, but it gave you the choice. You could actually switch between the two. There was more control and movement from Lara because of the fact that she could use the sticks and the pad at the same time. I haven't played 3 that much, to be honest. I got a bit of the way into it when I got it, but I haven't really followed it on and really gone into it. Gordon, what was your thoughts on Tomb Raider 3? I actually played the 
what had become the standard run around the mansion to get used to the controls. And there's some trials in the mansion that I don't know if you have to complete them to continue the story or whether they're just there for training. But I played them. I thought the graphics were much better. The animation was much, much better. But I just couldn't get a hang of the analog controls. I found them almost random, the, the way you moved with them. And it felt like this was a new technology that they haven't quite worked out yet. And it just put me off. And I'm not even sure I bothered going into the main game. I think I just played the trials, one of them, little obstacle course thing. I could, just couldn't get to the end in the time limit. And it really started to annoy me. So just like I did with the second one, I turned it off and went back to the first one. That is quite difficult, that trial, even when you know what you're doing. It is quite hard to get through the time limit. I agree. It was different and it had the analog stick sort of gave a bit of a different way of playing it. You had to sort of get used to a different way of movement. So, Matt, did you play much of it? No, I haven't tried it at all. But what you're talking about, about the difficulty, is a typical problem of early 3D gaming, I think, where they just hadn't quite got the difficulty levels right. They were still making games like they were in the 16-bit era and the 8-bit era to a certain extent, where the game didn't last long, so they had to make it difficult. Except now, the games did last a long time, and so putting that difficulty so early on was a really terrible thing to do. And obviously, they eventually realised that because most modern games, you know, the first level is not difficult it's basically a training level where it tells you how all the controls work but back then you were still expected much like with a mega drive game to read the instruction book and work out how to play it from that and then go and play it and expect to just understand it straight away that had nothing to do with any of the games specifically but i think it's a valid observation very much so agreed yeah it was noted for its difficult unforgiving gameplay apparently and i think that's one of the reasons why i didn't play it that far because i think it just took so long to do the first couple of levels and try and get through them and it was just so much quite obscure puzzles and it was like god blimey if this is at the start god knows how it's going to carry on with this following on from that the series carried on they sold over six million copies of tomb raider 3 so they obviously thought that was enough to give them just to make a fourth one tomb raider the last revelation there are many new moves in this one. Lara could grab hold of ropes dangling from the ceiling, swing on them. She can now shimmy around corners, unlike previous titles. She has also the ability to return to previous levels, but some levels taking place in a non-linear order. So I suppose that did give a bit of variety. I'm going to be honest here, I've not really played The Last Revelation, even though I have actually got it on three different systems. So I'm going to have to ask you guys as well. We might be a bit short on comments here. Matt, have you had any experience of The Last Revelation? Yes, I have. In my copy of Tomb Raider that I bought on the PC, it also had the last Revelation disc in. That's my experience of it. <laughs> Excellent. But you've got the disc. I haven't even installed oh, it. <laughs> I'd like to expand on that, but I've never even played it. To be fair, it sounds like the stuff that they've added, like being able to go round corners and stuff like that, was all gearing it up towards what it became on the next generation of platforms. Mm. Well, after that expansive comment we've had there, the last of the main series on the early PlayStation generation was Tomb Raider Chronicles. It was released in 2000, and it was on the Dreamcast as well, and it was on Windows and Mac as well. Again, Chronicles, I've got it, but I don't think I've ever played it, so I haven't really got anything I can add to it. Have either of you played this, and what are your thoughts? I'll be honest, I didn't even know it existed until we started looking at the uh, podcast. (laughs) I I was amazed there were five PlayStation 1 Tomb Raider games, absolutely gobsmacked. It is astonishing, that, isn't it? Okay, well, we've got nothing really to talk about Chronicles. I think we should go into the films, to be honest. No doubt, due to the popularity of Lara and the Tomb Raider gaming franchise as a whole, it was decided to bring Lara to the big screen in an action-adventure movie based on the game series. 
The first film was called Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, an international production including the United States, the United Kingdom, Japan and Germany, apparently. And it was directed by Simon West and revolves around Lara Croft trying to obtain ancient artifacts from the enemy, the Illuminati. If looks can kill, then Lara Croft is lethal. This is where I start to have fun. Now, by land, by sea, by air, the biggest adventure of the summer is here. And save the universe? Absolutely. Angelina Jolie is Laura Croft. Tomb Raider, rated PG-13, now playing in theatres everywhere. It was released in 2001 and received general negative reviews from critics due to its stylized action and bland plot. Although Angelina Jolie was praised for her performance. It was the highest grossing film on its opening weekend, though, and it did enough to be a sequel titled Lara Croft Tomb Raider The Cradle of Life, which was released in 2003. Someone is after this ancient artifact, but we don't know is why. Pandora's box. It would unleash a weapon more powerful than you could ever imagine. The producers of Minority Report and The Hunting, starring Academy Award winner Angelina Jolie, Gerard Butler, Kiaren Hines, Simon Yam, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. So both films obviously has Angelina Jolie in the title role. Talk to the guys. What do you reckon then, Matthew? Was it replicating the video games a bit too much and maybe not pleasing movie viewers as a blockbuster action film should do? Firstly, I think at the time Angelina Jolie was a good choice for the character, given that Laura herself was a larger than life character, almost a caricature really of a real woman. I think she does a good job overall in both films. I think a mock English accent is fine because it's not meant to be a real English accent, it's just meant to be a silly posh English accent. So that side of things, as the critics seem to think as well, perfectly fine. The problem is, with both these films, they're not really Tomb Raider stories. There's not really any relation to the games at all. The first film's bad pretty much all the way through. There's a few moments that capture the spirit of the games, but the story's really convoluted and a bit boring as well. And as you mentioned, it's directed by Simon West, who directed Con Air, which is one of my favourite action films of all time. But the action sequences in this are not particularly thrilling or memorable, and the bad guys are particularly terrible, especially Daniel Craig, who has an American accent for some reason, even though most of the films set around a British person and was produced by the BBC in part so god knows why he thought having an american accent was a good idea and the second one i think has a better story and it should do given that it was written by stephen de souza who wrote die hard and commando but the story is even further from a tomb raider story than the first film it's more like a bond film story really and only the opening sequence in the underwater temple has got any resemblance to a Tomb Raider game. Again, as I said, Jolie's pretty decent. Everyone else is awful again, although at least Gerald Butler used his own accent in that one. Again, considering it was directed by a recognised action director, Jan de Bont in this case, the action sequences are fairly boring again and predictable. And I might have given this one a slightly higher rating overall than the first one, but the ending is absolutely ridiculous, where Gerald Butler, having helped her out and saved her life, just turns into a bad guy for absolutely no reason pretty much they're both fairly awful and i'd give both of them two and a half stars okay that answered it excellently that's left me with pretty much nothing to follow on to be honest <laughs> yeah i agree they just try to oh, it's difficult to say because they wanted to try and get the feelings of the games but then they didn't put enough into the films that were like the games which i didn't see the point to some of the actions that were very game-like when she was sliding off ledges and falling and gripping on the edge of cliffs and all kinds of bits and pieces but it was just too spread out it was just all the boring middle bits that didn't really add to the story 
I like Angelina. I think she was a perfect Lara, even as you say with her accent. And she played the part really well. She looked like Lara. She acted like Lara. I thought it was good. I thought the which one she has the robot when she comes out and the guys program that robot. That's the first one. I just thought that was a bit unnecessary, really. Sort of trying to set the scene of how she would behave, but I didn't see the point in that. And I know you think Chris Barry was looked bored and wasn't really in it, but he didn't have a lot of part in it. But it was still nice to see a familiar face in there. I didn't mind him in it, actually. I thought he wasn't in it much, but yeah. he was perfectly entertaining in both films. He was the only other person in the films that was anywhere near decent, really. Oh, Jared Butler played his part really well. I totally agree with him. After all that, he went through with her to right at the end. And just um, suddenly, oh, no, I'm actually not giving it back to you. What? <laughs> it's right at the end. It's just not worth having a twist at that point, to be honest. But I think the, the temple parts are all typical sort of Tomb Raider. There's puzzles there. There's the big spinning thing with the orbits in the first room. That's the sort of thing you might come across in some of the games. And I thought some of the sets weren't too bad. I thought they looked very well done. But I don't know. I want to like them, but then I just can't really. I didn't mind the first one. I'll give the first film three. But Cradle of Life, I thought, you know, it would be better. They'd learn lessons from the first one. But I think they seem to make it slightly more contrived and not as interesting. So I'll give that one 2.5. Gordon, now we've ripped it to shreds. Your go. Now you've tried to rip it to shreds, I'll rip it further. We've been through Tomb Raider films on an earlier podcast, episode seven, which was all about video game movies. In that, I said that I absolutely detest the Tomb Raider films, and that was before I'd actually played them. Now I've played them, I hate them probably even more. I find it hard to find words about how much I dislike these films because what they've done is they've taken a strong female character and instead of making a film out of this character, they've tried to make an 80s action film with Lara Croft in it instead of trying to make a 2000s film about Lara Croft. They've kind of regressed her back to the quality of the poor Schwarzenegger or Stallone films of which there were many in the 80s and 90s. It probably pains me the most, though, that they've turned Chris Barry into a horrible, horrible caricature of an English butler. And his performance is probably the thing that I cringe the most at every time I watch that film. And I say every time, I've watched it twice, and I hope I never have to see it again. Very funny. I've only tried to turn you into a lady. And a lady should be modest. Yes, a lady should be modest. I just feel bad for him every time I see it, and I'm sure he got paid well for it, but that is like putting a British institution into a chimp suit and just getting him to dance for bananas. So, yeah, I can't say anything good. And another probably quite damning thing is that I can't even remember Cradle of Filth or whatever that second one was called. I can't remember what even <laughs> happens, and I've seen that one twice as well. I just know I've finished watching it thinking that's no better than the first. I find them both detestable. So when Boggy was talking about someone not liking Chris Barry, it was you <laughs> yeah. um, about yeah. not me. Chris Barry is an absolute legend, and if I could wipe something from his career for him, it would be that. <laughs> I was just looking at the cast list for the first one. It was kind of funny that they'd cast John Voight as, <laughs> as Lara Croft's dad. I mean, he said Angelina Jolie was good as Lara. I can't say she was particularly bad, but I don't think she did anything particularly well in the film, apart from she fit into the wetsuit quite well. And that weird silver wetsuit thing in the second one was just odd. It was a really odd, unflattering outfit. I don't think she was amazing in it by any means. I think she was probably the perfect pick for the character at yeah. that time because it was a larger-than-life character and she was a larger-than-life, really popular, supposedly sexy actress, although she's got a really weird face. Which is so, probably um, where they were when they cast Alicia Vikander in the role for the new Tomb Raider film because she is the next big thing. You know, she's Oscar-winning, she's been in 
in a number of different types of films. She's young, she's fit, she looks like the character from the newer games. And I think they've probably done the same in looked for who's the best fit for this character, who's a pretty big star. And I think Vikander probably is the right person and probably will do this really well. But that's more due to the fact that it's going to be a better script and a better filmmaker making it. Well, gee, at the end of all that, you've still got to give a rating for the two films. If you can mark it between one and five, <laughs> what were your I, ratings for each film? I can, and I've rated films one star before that are worse than Tomb Raider, so I'm not going to rate it one star. I hate the films, but they're not the worst films made, so I will give both of them one and a half stars each. Okay, thank you for that. Moving swiftly on, after a couple of spin-off games on Nintendo's Game Boy Advance and the advent of the next-gen consoles, Lara returned in the much-maligned Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness. But then after a break of three years and a change in development team, Lara reappeared in Tomb Raider Legend. And using nostalgia and the newer hardware available, the original game was developed and re-released as Tomb Raider Anniversary. This was followed in 2008 by Tomb Raider Underworld, which was a sequel of the earlier Legend. And after this game, a series had a hiatus, with only an RPG-style game released on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 called Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. It was to be another three years later, in 2013, when Tomb Raider series raises its head again with a complete reboot of the game with a new release of a game called Tomb Raider 2013. Following on from A Guardian of Light, in 2014, Lara Croft is let loose in the Temple of Osiris. Before a busy year for Lara in 2015, with two mobile games, Lara Croft Relic Run and Lara Croft Go, are released on various mobile devices. The final for now game in the main Tomb Raider series is released in 2016 with Rise of the Tomb Raider. Right, obviously, following on from the PlayStation 1 games, the series was resurrected with Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness on PlayStation 2. It's counted as the sixth installment of the series, and apparently it's acting as a direct sequel to Tomb Raider Chronicles and The Last Revelation. It's the third one in that series. Developed again by Core Design, and Idos obviously published it. It's the first Tomb Raider game to be released on the PS2, and they thought, obviously, that it was going to bring it more up to date and be the follow-on from the earlier games with the better graphics and the different movement and the better things that you could do. And it obviously didn't work out that way. People complained about the camera angle being almost unplayable. Puzzles were just frankly bizarre and so obscure that it just took either a lot of thought or a lot of frustration or just wait for the inevitable guides to come out online. I mean, I played it just for this. I've looked at it a couple of times in the past. I've had it for ages on PS2. The first bit of the game is a level designed to also show you how the game works and tell you. And Lara tells you herself as you move forward to things to give you some instructions. And I followed it up, climbed the ladder and got up to this room and it just shows you what the game is like. She climbs through the window but she comes towards the camera and I just could not make the camera swing around because there was stuff behind that I needed to do but I couldn't get the camera to move around to get me to see it. And you can search cupboards and drawers and stuff but there's a cupboard that's locked with a padlock like a wardrobe and she goes oh I'm going to need something to break this lock off you walk around the room you go everywhere do you get anything no so you don't know whether there's something in there you need and you can't find anything to break it open so I climbed up again and went up more ladders and she showed you how to jump across a bit of the roof and I kept dying on this one point where she's got to grip the wall I just kept dying and so I didn't you know I just turned it off I thought I'd give it a try the graphics don't look too bad it's obviously updated for PS2 style but I don't think people were very impressed with it so it was quite a sad thing really and it took ages to develop and there was lots of delays apparently so not a good reboot for newer generation of consoles so it sort of dented what people thought of Tomb Raider. 
Anyway, following on from that, the first issue is not to be developed by core design after the Angel of Darkness debacle, but by Crystal Dynamics. And it is actually what they call the first full reboot within the series. And this was Tomb Raider Legend, which obviously came out on the PS2, but did actually appear on the trilogy on the PS3 as well. It offered a bit more than Angel of Darkness. It was more like the first of what the modern action-adventure games are like. And it got favourable reviews. So I think it revived Lara's fortunes, to be honest, in the game market. Have you guys played too much on Legend? Yes, again, from the same nice gentleman that sold me Tomb Raider for the PC for 10p, also sold me a copy of Tomb Raider Legend on the PS2 for 10p. Thank you, Rich Tewksbury. And my intention was to just play a couple of levels just to see what it was like. This was the first reboot, as you said, of the franchise with development taken over by Crystal Dynamics. I can't really compare it to the later core design releases on the PS1 because I haven't played them. But this is light years ahead of the early Tomb Raider games with everything you'd expect from a modern 3D action game. It's got really good controls, analogue controls, obviously. Lots of variation of moves from somersaults and slides and using a grappling hook and all that kind of thing. Plenty of checkpoints, so that made me happy. Lots of collectibles and unlockables for each level. The graphics are also, I think, some of the best on the PS2 because it came out not that long before the PS3 was launched. Gameplay is a mixture of exploration and puzzle solving from the early games with added combat and plenty of enemies to shoot unlike those early PS1 games and also some pure action sequences such as riding the motorbike through various environments. It's got some really good levels including one set in a Tokyo skyscraper, not your typical Tomb Raider surroundings, which is rather diehard-esque. And there's also one in an abandoned English tourist attraction that happens to have a tomb underneath it. And that's got loads of traps to be avoided, loads of spinning blades and things like that. And also a large monster to kill. I think both of those elements seem to take influence from God of War, which is a really good PS2 game. It's not perfect. There are some sections where the mechanics of jumping from one environmental element to another are not very good. And you end up missing it completely and falling into a pit of death. That happens a lot on the penultimate level, which is in Nepal. And you have to... To swing from icicles to icicles and things like that and that was a bit frustrating the boss battles are also a bit repetitive they're mostly just run in a circle and shoot at stuff but overall it's a very good game i only intended to play it as i said for a few levels to get the feel of it but i end up enjoying it so much that i completed it and based on that game i'd be keen to try tomb raider anniversary to see how the original game was reinvented with much better controls thanks for that that's a really good review of that anniversary was the follow-up it's just to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the tomb raider franchise and that's the one that i'm actually really suddenly got an excitement to play it because as much as i love the first one i've never really played it and i just really fancy going back and playing a revitalized a re-imaged and a brought up-to-date version of the original tomb raider so yeah that's definitely what i'd like to go back to Gee, have you got any thoughts on Legend? Do you play it at all? I didn't play Legend at all. I'm interested in Anniversary because I really enjoyed the first game. I'm interested to try that out. Well, obviously they released Anniversary. Then they followed it up a year later with Underworld, which is a follow-on from Legend. This one did come out on PS2, but it was really made for the PS3 generation. There was new features such as dual target feature and an upgraded inventory system. The only had an active sonar map and a multi-purpose grappling hook. Downloadable content was also released exclusively for the Xbox 360, where the player takes control of Lara in two new chapters. I've played the first level of this for the podcast, and I was actually very impressed with it. She's motion-captured for the first time, and it's a lot less linear, I think, style of gameplay from what I can gather. There was a Wii version of this as well, which I didn't realise. And I think it was just a bit too ambitious for PlayStation 2 and Wii because they mostly received negative reviews. They say the game was dumbed down slightly and there was lots of bugs in them as well. 
But as the last of the next three games in the series, it sort of kept Tomb Raider in the forefront in people's minds. So, Matt, what's your thoughts on Underworld? I've played that and completed that as well. It is the sequel to Legend, as you mentioned, but I played it probably three or four years ago at least. It's more of the same, really, featuring a good variety of locations. Again, lots of puzzles and more action sequences. It does improve, as you mentioned, in a number of ways. The traversing of all the environmental objects, all the ledges and pillars and things is much better and less likely to see you plummeting to your doom by missing a jump or whatever. I think it doesn't let you jump unless a jump's actually possible, so that's pretty good. The levels, as you mentioned, are more open world and can be revisited and tackled in different ways, so it's a lot less linear than the earlier games. Graphics are obviously better because of HD, some gorgeous HD expansive locations on the PS3. I don't remember the whole game, but the standout moments that I remember is the first level, which you mentioned, which is set under the ocean, and you go down to the ocean floor and then go into an undersea temple, and then you eventually come out and you can walk around in what's effectively dry land under the sea, which is a bit odd, but it works somehow, some kind of vacuum or something probably and there's one level where you're suddenly attacked by these giant spiders which made me crap myself playing it one night with the lights mostly off the first time it happened they were huge and they just suddenly appear from under these sort of flagstones or whatever so that was really good so yeah good game again both those games like you say Laura Croft was motion captured in the second one but she was redesigned for the first one as well to be more realistic looking with a more athletic figure but she's still got massive tits that's always a good thing the one thing these two games have in them as is typical of this era of games and inspired probably by God of War like I said before is the quick time events where you have to press the right button on the controller in the right amount of time otherwise you die those things really annoy me generally I mean they're just pointless pretty much because once you've learnt the pattern unless it varies each time there's no excitement to be had out of them they're just frustrating so that's the one thing about both those games yeah that's happening with you hasn't it I suppose it's just for variety Gordon, then, you have any experience of Underworld? No. Like I say, I tried the first bit of Underworld for the podcast, and I was quite impressed with it. Finished the first level, so I will actually carry it on. But that was on the PS2, so what I might do is just dig out the PS3 trilogy that I've got and play all three of those on there. So obviously they're going to be that bit better, aren't they? But yeah, I think from Angel of Darkness, Lara Croft and the Tomb Raider franchise came back pretty well. So again, set the template for things like Uncharted and things moving on from there. Right, following on from the success of the other trilogy, in 2013, the series was rebooted again with Tomb Raider, the same name as the first game, but it's normally known as 2013 to differentiate it from the earlier game. It's the 10th title in the Tomb Raider franchise, operates as a reboot. It emphasised on the reconstructed origins of Lara Croft. It was released for Windows, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and it did come out in 2014 for Mac OS X, and actually for Linux as well, surprisingly. Gordon, did you play Tomb Raider? I played the 2013 Tomb Raider, actually, I think it was 2014 when it was rebooted for the PS4, and they added some amazing things like realistic hair on Lara and some better water effects and things like that, which all added pretty much nothing to the game other than made it look shinier, but actually that made a difference and made it easier to get engaged with it because games now are getting more and more realistic and the jump from PS3 to PS4 is relatively large and it does make a difference to the immersiveness I've found. So I played it on the PS4 and I did have a go on the PS3 just to compare and you can definitely see a difference. But the difference with this game to the previous ones, I think 
there's no tombs to raid or virtually no tombs to raid and i think that's been the biggest criticism that tomb raider fans lay at it is that there's no tomb raiding anymore it's all about peril in wide open spaces rather than down in the depths of a tomb which i don't mind because i actually prefer daylight so i'd much rather the games were in daylight than in total darkness this one is all set on a single island and it's all about escaping from this island I suppose and finding things while you're there and doing all the exploring but as a reboot they changed the type of game from being this more puzzle orientated game into a more straight action adventure absolutely took some inspiration from the Uncharted series of games that had got really popular by then and turned Lara into a much more gritty real character This didn't come across as this rich girl in her sunglasses fighting a T-Rex. This was real life. Somebody lost on an island with hundreds of bad guys out to kill her. And it was a revelation. It was absolutely brilliant the way that they'd reinvented this series. I loved the game. My biggest criticism of it was that because it was on this island, there was not enough variety. I mean, there's a lot of side things to do. There's some elements of open world in it. But it was just this one island and I wanted it to expand elsewhere. And because I'm such a fan of the Uncharted games that take you all around the world, I just felt it was too enclosed. So I don't think they gave themselves enough scope to really express themselves with it. Story writing wise, I would like to have seen more, but gameplay wise, it's absolutely fantastic. So if you haven't played Tomb Raider 2013, then I absolutely suggest you should. Excellent. Thanks, Jay. Matt, have you had experience of it? No, I haven't played any of the new okay, ones. No worries. But following on from that is 2015's Rise of the Tomb Raider. It does follow on from the events of Tomb Raider 2013. It's pushed on again with the latest Xbox One PS4 hardware and has just brought it up to date. It's got a lot to compete with, with Uncharted being one of them, but it was critically acclaimed and the graphics gameplay and characterization are probably very good. Gordon, have you played Rise of the Tomb Raider? I have played Rise of the Tomb Raider and as you say, it follows on from Tomb Raider. It's basically everything again, bigger and better. It's another fantastic entry into the Tomb Raider world. I think this one was a timed exclusive for the Xbox. And because I'd enjoyed Tomb Raider so much, I really was looking forward to it. And I did get an Xbox One, but I didn't want to buy the game for it because I knew that that was always going to be the second console that I don't get out very often. And I wanted it on PS4, so I held out and waited for the PS4 version. And by the time they brought it out, they'd added a VR level, which was great because I'd recently got PSVR. So I think waiting was the right thing to do. But in some ways, I wish I hadn't because I could have been playing the game for a lot longer because it's another really good game they've expanded on the size there are more locations the weapons that you use are really good and there's so much to do and it's far less linear there's a lot of extra bits you can do that you don't have to so it just made the world more fun to be in the biggest problem i had with that game is that i'm stuck and i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing i know where i'm supposed to go but i don't know how to get there so i probably just need to get a walkthrough or something but Unlike the original Tomb Raiders that were so difficult I couldn't really play them without that, the 2013 Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, I absolutely don't want to cheat. I want to find the answers myself and I'm really enjoying doing that. So I think that's a testament to how well they've made the game kind of feel like it's fair. So that's another one. I absolutely recommend you get that one. For me, Rise of the Tomb Raider is the best Tomb Raider game there's been. And if the new Tomb Raider film, which I'm mentioning again, is anything like those two games, then I'll be very happy. Following on from that, there's a new film coming in the first quarter of 2018. It is based on the 2013 game, apparently. The film stars Alicia Vikander, Walton Goggins, Daniel Wu and Dominic West. What's your name? Laura. 
Surname? Croft? Lara, your father's gone. You can pick up where he left off. I see so much of him in you. Brilliant. Hello, Sprout. If you're listening to this, then I must be dead. I found something. A tomb called the Mother of Death. If Trinity succeeds, our world is in danger. Promise me you will stop them. I promise. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It will be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. Shouldn't have come here. But I'm glad that you did. What do you know about my father? Now I see the likeness. The recklessness. Close the tomb once and for all. The fate of humanity is now in your hands. be too careful these days the world has gone bloody mad i'll take two yeah that looks pretty good it looks like a tomb raider game it looks like there's lots of action from what i could see in the set pieces they showed you in the trailer it looks like it's a typical tomb raider there's falling off things jumping around and lots of explosions and fighting people so i'm completely open to looking at this and enjoying it i'm not going to put any thought into it until it comes out i'll definitely watch it matt what do you think of it it looks more like the games than the other Tomb Raider films did, in as much as she's obviously sliding under and over various obstacles, running across broken plane wings and dealing with contraptions that presumably open or close doors. So in that respect, it looks like the Tomb Raider games that I've played. I haven't played the more recent ones, but based on what Gordon was saying, perhaps it doesn't look like those games so much, but there's also elements that presumably relate to those games as well. It's just a normal trailer for a normal action film, it's probably not going to be the best film in the world probably not going to be the worst video game adaptation it would have to go some way to do that so i will wait and see what the reviews are like probably won't watch it at the cinema because it doesn't interest me that much but yeah it looked okay gordon you've played the games so you've probably got more opinion on this what's your take on it i loved bits of it and hated other bits of it and even though i hated some of it and even though i hate the other tomb ready films i'm really excited for it and i definitely will go to the cinema to see it i think as i said earlier alicia vikander is perfectly cast even though she's danish is she or something like that she seems to do an english accent okay but she just looks the part perfectly she's thin enough but muscular enough and there is a feature on youtube where she talks about some of the hard work that she had to put in to get as 
fit as she did and there's some pictures of her and you see the muscles in her back and she looks like she's amazingly fit and she does look like a down-to-earth gritty version of Mara rather than rich girl that Angelina Jolie probably was the right kind of person for that character but certainly not for this one the bits I didn't like were the bits that are too gamey there's a couple of large leaps that Lara does and in the games there's a lot of jumping to ledges that you can't reach sticking out your pickaxe or whatever it is and hooking that into the rocks and then climbing yourself up and there's a couple of shots like that in the trailer and one of them particular where she's running across this derelict plain wing and then makes a leap and it's just far too far and you can see that she's on a wire you can't see the wire but by the way her body is you know that that's wire work and it just looks silly I think they've done that out of some kind of fan service to the games and I don't think it was necessary I don't need it to be a recreation of the game I want it to tell the story of the character that the game has but overall I thought it looked fantastic and I really like the new logo as well with the kind of silhouette of an arrow going through it I think that looks really good I'm kind of straight down the middle on this trailer it looks like it could be fantastic and it also looks like it could be crap but I'm still excited I agree I'm excited and interested in it as well I'm going to try and play the other games before the film actually comes out okay to sort of wrap up then the Tomb Raider world Obviously, we've got the main franchise of games. There's been a few extra little bits of games, and the main ones that I think that we've all had some experience of. In 2010, there was a game called Lara Croft The Guardian of Light, which is sort of an RPG-type game for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and Windows. It's a bit like the later Gauntlet games in a sort of asymmetric perspective, and it's followed up in 2013 by Temple of Sirius. I think it can play online, and you can have four different players controlling the party. So it's not quite a standard Tomb Raider game. Gordon, I believe you've played these games. What are your thoughts? I've played both, and I know that they are often technically classed as RPGs, but I think that's completely the wrong badge to give them. I would call them puzzle adventure games, and they're beautiful to look at. They're really, really nice. In still screenshots, I saw it, and I thought, oh, that looks really good, but it won't look like that in the game. And I played it, and it just looks stunning in this unrealistic, kind of cartoony, isometric world. They look fantastic. But with any puzzle game, I'd play a few levels and then I'm just bored of it. And I didn't get particularly far with either of them. And I think both of them I got free on PSN. So I don't think I paid for either. And maybe you stop playing something quicker if you haven't paid for it and you're not trying to get your money's worth. So those two, if that's your bag, I think they're probably very good. But it's just not my kind of game. Yeah, I've got to go along with your thoughts there because I've got a stylus free on PS Network a few months ago. I had a quick fire up of it and I thought this is quite nice and I agree, they look stunning. It, it was nice to have a slight Tomb Raider feel. I just felt like it was Lara Croft plumbed into just something different and didn't really come across as a Tomb Raider game to me. Matthew, have you played any of these RPG games? No, I haven't. I have played what is considered part of that series though, which is Lara Croft Relic Run. It's your typical endless runner game, obviously inspired by Temple Run, but rather than it being an infinite runner to begin with, it's story-based, so you have to play through 20 levels before it unlocks the endless runner mode, and those levels vary from having to collect a certain number of coins or collecting clues to an artifact or shooting a certain number of enemies, running a certain distance, so they're short levels that you play for no more than a couple of minutes, assuming you can complete them, and it's pretty good. The graphics are decent. It's got good swipe controls, so left and right moves you left and right. Swipe up makes you jump and swipe down makes you slide and there's obstacles to jump over and slide under. Later on it adds in shooting stuff as well, so you shoot by just tapping the screen. 
the controls very rarely seem to fail it's got that one more go factor where even if there's levels where you've already completed them but you've not got three stars you'll give them another try because you think you can do it and the only annoying factor like most of these games is it's got tons of in-game advertising and attempts to make you do the in-app purchases but that's normal and you have to expect that if you're going to play them for free so yeah not bad i played relic run and i'm probably the opposite opinion i thought it was really poor but you've just enlightened me in that if i'd have played 20 levels i'd have opened the actual endless runner instead of this stupid story mode thing that it's pointless there isn't a story to it so i don't know why it tries to claim there is and you do these little tasks and it's not like they're at the end of the level when you complete them it's like you collect so many coins as soon as you get the coin that hits your 50 mark that level just stops so i really didn't enjoy it i think the camera angle's not great in places i think they stupidly have some corners where leaves and trees get in your way and that's probably part of the level design but it didn't work for me and i just felt that compared Comparing it to Temple Run, I thought Temple Run was a hell of a lot more fun. I actually deleted it off my phone. I played it for about half an hour and then deleted it. And I wish I'd have kept it on so that I could see what it's like as an endless runner, because that's actually what I wanted it to be. But I'm not sure I'll actually bother re-downloading it to do that now. It gets very, very difficult after about level right. 15, I think. There's levels where you have to collect clues and eventually when you've collected enough you get an artifact of some kind and the longer it goes on the more you have to collect but also the harder the levels get so there's bits where it's not obvious whether you're supposed to run along a wall or slide underneath something and there is a bit of trial and error involved you also get to ride a jeep eventually as well or a quad bike which is the same concept but you go about three times faster and it's very difficult to work out what's coming up i do accept what you've said about some of the level design where there's things that are in the way and you're not sure whether you should move left or right and to be honest i don't play mobile games very much i've never played temple run so i can't compare it to that like most of these games you just play them for a little bit and then you delete them it just sounds like i've probably persevered with it a little bit more than you have but i think I probably the key thing on many of these free-to-play games is would you pay anything for it and i probably wouldn't no, nor me. Yeah. I'm playing it because it's free and it keeps me busy when I'm bored at work, exactly. basically, is the reason I'm playing it. If any of the Max Work Corridor's boss is listening, he doesn't really play something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, chaps. Well, I've not played it. I downloaded it, but I didn't have a chance. I will give it a go. I played Temple Run. It just seems a game mechanic that I just didn't think was, there was a lot of thought to it. It seems all right, but i just not keen on it. But yeah, I mean, it's too made, so I'll give it a go, just in the spirit of things. Okay, well, thanks, chaps. That brings us to the end of our expedition through the caves the ledges the strange creatures of tomb raider we have jumped ravines climbed mountains avoid giant balls and poisoned darts we fought stone statue monsters who have miraculously come to life with some weird magic stuff and i've got the sacred pendant and escaped death by the skin of my teeth and are now back on the beach with a cocktail and a scratch knee we hope you've enjoyed our delve through the world of Lara Croft and our tomb raiding, and we hope to see you again soon. You can keep up to date with all our news using our movie variety on our website, www.moviemews.net, our Facebook page, and of course our Twitter feed. So from the bunch of badass, desperados, and cave dwellers, that is the Movie Muse team, it's goodbye from all of us.